This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome in to this Monday edition of the big show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It is Andy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer, and producer Chris all with you for what I'm sure will be a very fine, lighthearted, level-headed Monday. As always, never a dull moment in the NFL, and particularly this year in Kansas City. Oh, boy. I can't oh wait. Oh, boy. I can't wait. Indeed. I, I, I hear wait. the uh, the Chiefs wide receivers had a, a great game as usual, and everything Played was great fantastic. because of their play. Yes, one of yeah. the best units in the National Football League. <laughs> We're going to get into it. And particularly the one that uh, is, is catching all the shrapnel today, and, and, and rightfully so, uh, in just a few minutes. And look, after the Chiefs lost yesterday to the Bills, they're now 8-5. and five. They're a game up on Denver for the division lead. <laughs> they're two games behind Baltimore for the top spot in the AFC. How low should expectations drop? Because I think, Brendan, it's very clear they should drop some, right? At least a I little mean, bit. I'm- I'm just going to be looking forward to producer Chris's answer. I am as well. Uh, that we'll talk about that at five oh five. But uh, some some Mizzou things to get to as well. The board award did not go Mizzou's way in Lawrence. They did keep it close. Well, how do you feel about Mizzou keeping it somewhat close in in Lawrence? We'll talk about that at four twenty five. And uh, a very interesting running back transfer that Mizzou landed today we'll talk about that at 525 but a lot to get to when it comes to the nfl so give us your calls and your texts at 875ktgr you can also tweet us at ktgr big show and find us on facebook too at facebook.com slash ktgr big show now the big show's big deal it was looking like the chiefs were going to get a game winning touchdown in less than a minute to go against the uh, bills but ended up not being the case Patrick Mahomes threw to Travis Kelsey. He threw backwards to Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Toney scored for the moment to give the Chiefs the lead late last night. But he was lined up offside. Kadarius Toney called for offensive offside. A call that you don't see often, but the way that Toney was lined up offside, it deserved to be called in that moment. And the Chiefs' play was called back there. They turned it over on downs. And the Bills won 20-17 last night. The Chiefs fall to... 8-5 and five on the season. First time since 2021 that they have lost back-to-back games. And now we'll try to rebound as they go to New England to take on the Patriots. A noon kickoff on Sunday. And we'll see if the Chiefs can get back in the win column with that one. And that is the Big Show's big deal on this 11th day of December 2023. 875-KTGR to call or text us. It was, it's almost a play that broke everyone on the team. Andy Reid became broken. Patrick Mahomes became unhinged afterwards. The folks that we do not uh, really peg as the uh, as the go after the rep ref types 
They went after the refs in a big way, and they kind of still are at this moment. It absolutely boggled the mind that it could come to this, but it's something that I think had been boiling underneath the surface a little bit in the Chiefs organization, and then when a play like that happens where uh, one of the receivers, the group that we have put on the chopping block all season long, we put up there for them to be ridiculed time and again, they make a mistake, and it takes away probably the greatest play in the NFL this season, right? Like if it holds up, it's the, it's the best play in the NFL. There's no I second place. Am, I am so glad that as I was watching that play unfold, I saw the flag like before anything had actually happened because I had to, as all of it was unfolding, I'm like, oh, this is the coolest play I've ever seen. It's not going to count, but it's the coolest play I've ever seen. But it, like it would have been so disappointing had I not noticed the little yellow hanky at the line of scrimmage from the beginning of the play because when Andy, uh, when there's a flag thrown that early on, you generally tend to believe that somebody is in a spot that they're not supposed to be. And for whatever reason, even though offensive offsides is not typically a call that you see as often as, say, defensive, for whatever reason, I just felt like, eh, somehow this is going to be against the Chiefs. I don't know what it is yet. I didn't see Kadarius Tony lined up offsides. But then as he is uh, completing the pass, Mahomes to Kelsey, back to Kadarius Tony, the the very risky lateral, honestly, kind of smart of the Bills to sort of, you know, allow that to unfold because if it fumbles or whatever, then it's a guaranteed possession for Buffalo. But yeah, I mean, that play was so cool. It was meant to be, and you have it taken away, but Andy wasn't taken away by the referees. No, I know that's no, what the Chiefs no, it was not. Yeah, it was taken away by Kadarius Tony. Yeah, lined up what I would argue is two to two and a half feet offside because he was beyond the hash mark of the forty-nine yard line. The football was between the 49 and the 50, and you're not even supposed to be up to the football, right? Like, you need to be right behind that football, and he wasn't. He was across the speculation, the consternation. Well, did he check with the official? Because that's what the wide receivers usually do. They check and say, hey, am I good? Am I good? I mean, there's the, and we retweeted video. Somebody posted video on Twitter of before the snap. And it essentially shows, you can check it out at KTGR Big Show on Twitter. It essentially shows that Canarius Tony, before he even gets set, he looks over to the sideline, he points, and I assume that was his, let me check to see if I'm onside. He was going through was, the motions. Right, yeah. Like he, he not... very quickly did that. And then he almost shifted forward after that yeah. when he looked away. He like shifted forward a little bit more. He nudged so up. you might have been good beforehand, but you weren't good after. And so here's the thing. In the video that we retweeted at KTGR Big Show on Twitter, even if the referee had responded with a little nod or a thumbs up like you typically see, Kadarius Tony wouldn't not have had time to have seen that because he right. literally kind of looks over, oh yeah, I'm good, and then turns his head back toward the snap finds the football, and then deliberately walks past it. But, like, if you're really going to take that element of the game seriously, which I know as a wide receiver is probably so commonplace and it's just second nature that you're really not, sometimes you may just be going through the motions. But isn't that the story of the Kansas City Chiefs, particularly at that position this season, where it just seems like that group has sort of gone through the motions, they've taken for granted, hey, we've got the best quarterback in the world throwing us passes. How hard could it be? 
apparently very hard because the Chiefs have fallen on some hard times, and it seems like over and over again, it's this group, the wide receivers, that are costing them in key spots and games. And it's little things. It's not necessarily... It's fundamentals. Uh, right. Like fundamentals when it comes to running routes or catching passes or lining up on side. I just, I, I don't, the fact that they're inventing new ways to hurt this team <laughs> is mind boggling. I just. Oh, and isn't it perfect, too, that the referees are the ones that are taking the blame? Like the Chiefs went out in, in a full look, on assault I, of the referees. Look, I understand in the heat of the moment, you want to be, uh, I've never seen uh, offensive offside called so often before, and then you, you have it taken away from that without maybe even looking at the film afterwards or like, uh, we should get a warning beforehand. Like, uh, here's the thing. You're going to say anything in the book. Right. right. Uh, you'll, you'll say anything you want to try and get on, on your side. Now, I will say, a couple plays later, Von Miller was offside for the Bills, and they did not call that. So, so I, I haven't seen a camera angle yet that I agree that he was definitively offside because the angle I've seen was more, it was off-center. So I can't say for sure if he was offside so, on that and one. The if thing there's is, a different angle, maybe there is. But I remember watching that in real time last night and thinking, thinking was. I think that's what Patrick Mahomes is mad about. He can't be mad about Kadarius Tony being so offside. This was before he talked about it post-game. I thought, well, he's he's throwing a temper because they didn't call the, the defensive offside uh, on a the couple TV plays broadcast, ago. Or something they were like trying that. To, right, yeah. On the television, they were trying to say, oh, he's probably mad about this. He's, he's mad thing. about that. and, and I, Surely it, he's not complaining about the and I think he well, has a right to be mad about that. But yeah, the afterward, when he talks about the offensive offside and the fact that – and then you see the video afterward of him going up to Josh Allen still, Josh co- Allen still complaining video. about the offensive oh, offside. Like, come on. <laughs> Here, here's what I heard from <laughs> – this is how I heard it. He sounded a little bit like Ted Lasso in the moment. Will you explain to me how that was offside? No, I'm asking you. Seriously, explain offside to me. It made no sense. <laughs> come on. Come on, Patrick. Oh, no. We know what offside is. Oh no! Don't do Patrick like that. Oh, oh, Andy. He was he was talking like you talk whenever you try to figure out what offside is in soccer. That's, that's how exactly he, that's what it, it yeah, That's like, what he huh? was talking about. Eight seven five K T G R. Give us a call or a text here. Look, I can understand being frustrated, like you said. I imagine Andy, if we were jobbed on a flag a flag football call at the end of a oh, intramural yeah. game, oh yeah, out there on Stinkowski Field, even if we knew like our our side was in the wrong, you know what you're not gonna do? You don't want to just yell at your friend like, "Why were you? What are you doing? You know that's a rule. You just gotta yell at the refs. Yep. You just gotta yell at the refs and say it's their fault. In in this case, we have incontrovertible video evidence that it was not the referees in the wrong. I know that Chiefs fans are kind of clinging to the notion that, oh, come on, he probably checked with the ref, and they always check. And if the refs gave him the the thumbs up, then how could you possibly make that call in in this moment of a game? Look, that video that we posted I think is pretty clear. I think he just went through the motions, and he wasn't taking his time the way you need to if you're taking that element of the game. The details, Andy, of the game, seriously. And the Chiefs, to me, are a team that they lost on that detail, and then they completely spiraled that call didn't end the game I, I like to be completely clear well yeah that that call did not end the chiefs possession they had more opportunities after that to move the football and they i mean the fact that mahomes five seven minutes later after the the game is actually over that's still the thing that's on his mind and he's got to be restrained from yelling at the referee 
tells me that this team, the moment that happened, it didn't end the game officially, but the game was over at that point because their heads were not in it any no. longer. They felt they had been wrong when they hadn't been. And, yeah, that is a season's worth of frustrations boiling over in one moment in this game. And, look, I think we have plenty of reason to question the quality of the officiating in the NFL this year. There are many examples to point to. This is not one of them. Like, it is not one of the examples. There are several others you can go back and say, and, and look, that's, that's kind of what's built up this little narrative a little bit because there are maybe other crews out there that, we're not great in the moment, and now we have more of a belief that, man, ah, the officiating, it's got to get better, which objectively it probably does. But then you get to this moment where a crew actually does call something that needed to be called in that moment. They're right, and then they keep getting heat from the teams about it, and it keeps perpetuating that narrative. I just... You have to find ways to parse this out, and in the end, like the Chiefs cannot—they have nobody to blame the, but themselves. Kadarius C- Tony is is culpable for this. Whoever coaches the wide receivers is culpable for this. Andy Reid is culpable for this. The Andy Reid—it—it it, it, the buck stops with him. If this is how his team is going to react in this moment for a play that they are responsible for and not anybody else, it is one hundred percent in their control. And this is how you're going to react. Go all the way up to the head coach and put it on him because I have not been all that impressed with the job that Andy Reid had done to this point even, and now it's we're starting to see the evidence of how that is affecting the Chiefs this year. You know, I think part of it is on the front office as well because these are the wide receivers that we said in October aren't going to cut it. This group, if you go forward with this group and you don't make a move at the deadline, it's not going to work out. And here we are seeing that take place. So I do want to mention the the front office for their inability to add to a receiving room that was crying out for help before all of this took place over the past five, six weeks. They did nothing. But I think on the Indy Reid part of it, he sort of has allowed a very veteran group to police itself in many ways is kind of the way I look at this, Andy. And now when you see... Patrick Mahomes react the way that he reacts. It's almost like Andy Reid, I mean, he's not going to go out and speak out against anything said by Mahomes at that point. And so Andy Reid sort of plays up that narrative, too, of, oh, he was two inches, maybe an inch offside. I 18, I swear on a stack of Bibles. Yeah. I mean, I, the guy was clearly offsides. It's not a call that we see that often. I understand it. Uh, they did call it last year on Terry McLaurin, which took a touchdown off the board for the Washington right, yes. Commanders. But that referee, the video showed, gave the thumbs up. Gave the thumbs up. Yeah. You can absolutely have some grief and be upset about that if you were Washington when that happened a year ago. In the case, though, of Kadarius Tony, I think the video shows it pretty clearly. He just didn't take his time and take that role seriously. It's just another example of the wide receivers letting Mahomes down. Like I think what Mahomes probably wanted to say is Kadarius Tony, you've got to be kidding me. Everything was set up for us to take this game to be right there in the mix, still in the AFC in, in terms of the, the buy being on the table. And this one little blunder by you, which is the you know 15th blunder that one of my wide receivers has made in a key spot this year, Patrick Mahomes boiled over. And the, you know, the debate online on social media is like, oh, come on, this guy boils over once in a 10 year career and everybody's out to get him. 
It's like, I don't think we have to overreact to this, but we can call it what it was. Like, it wasn't a great moment for Patrick Mahomes in the way that he handled it after the game. Josh Allen doesn't care about, that's like schoolyard stuff to be like, man, that's the, that's the oddest call I've ever seen. And Josh Allen just kind of pats him on the yeah, chest. Like, like, what does Josh okay, Allen say in that okay, moment? Okay, buddy, I have no a idea. nice night. Yeah. Like, what do you think? It's just, I get it. And I think the tensions were so high in that moment that it's going to be a moment in time. I, I think it's a blip. I don't know that it's necessarily a sign that the Chiefs will crumble the rest of the way. If anything, it might galvanize them. But it, we, we could call it what it was as a moment for Patrick Mahomes that wasn't a good one. And, and Chris is going, what do you mean galvanize them? People rally around things that make no sense all the time. We talk about it with Kirby Smart. Like, he uses this us-against-the-world mentality. How about Michigan with Jim Harbaugh? They're doing stuff wrong left and right, and every time he gets a suspension, what do the Michigan players say? They say, oh, it's us against the world. Wait, you're doing wrong stuff. But I could see a world in which, and we'll talk more about that at 5.05, the Chiefs could potentially use this as a rallying point, but I could also see they're lost right now without a shepherd if Andy Reid doesn't find a way to get everybody back to buying in. I could see that point as well, Andy. Yeah, 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. Were you uh, irked by that just as every Chiefs fan, Chris? I mean, just is there a reason to think that things are crumbling all of a sudden? So here's the thing. I was out of town for most of the weekend. I missed the border war game. I missed Chiefs bills because I was just driving home. And I had to check up on all of that when I got home. And I looked at the score. I was like, oh, okay. I kind of figured this would be, you know, in the realm of possibility of a final outcome losing by like a field goal. That's happened before. Nothing really to like shake my head at. Um, and then I saw the play itself. Um, and then I really wish I stayed in uh, Arkansas this weekend uh, so I could just floor it off of the mountainside. I there couldn't believe it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still shell-shocked. I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe the reaction after, after the fact. I couldn't believe yeah. they were still complaining about it oh, during yeah. the press conferences. I couldn't believe that it was still going on like today. Well, I yeah, know Andy, Andy Reid kind even today. He kind of had to walk it back a little bit being like, yeah, he didn't actually check with the ref. Right. But the fact that they're still like running with this narrative is insane to me. It's crazy. There's like... None of the stuff that made any of those other Chiefs teams good present in this team right now. So when you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this will definitely go. With what talent? What the oh, hell? Yeah, no, you don't just. How do you know, galvanize that, that wide receiver room to be like, all right, you really, you guys really need to start playing out of your bodies if you really want to make a push to be like a top-end AFC team. If it hasn't happened yet, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. So, other chances. So here's the here's what I'll say about the talent. And I didn't say definitely, but well, I hear you. Well, no, no, I understand. <laughs> In Chris terms of the has, has real reason to, to be irked yes, today. I does. understand that. Oh, for the, sure. What I'll say about the talent, though, is that I don't think the Chiefs have lost five games this year because they aren't talented enough. They uh, they're, uh, they lost five games this year because they've they've lacked on doing the things that every NFL football team should be doing. To Are give talented the, players sure, like that at the fundamentals? Like, just the standard. Like, Fair they've question. been below the standard. Everybody has been below the standard, or at least somebody in the exact wrong, wrong spot has been the low to, below the standard of what's expected of you to play in the NFL. Also like, not good. Like, you have to catch the you have to catch the ball. Kadarius Tony catches one pass in the Detroit game, they win. Like he, one of those two drops doesn't happen. They win that game. If they, if MVS catches that at the end of the game, uh, for in the Packers game, they win. If Kadarius Tony lines up on side, they win. Like, but you know what the problem is, right? They don't see it that way. They see it as if the ref hadn't called this call, they never call. 
Kadarius Tony, he caught the lateral to his credit. It was an unbelievable right. play. Well, and it was yeah. such a, a well, heady play. Here's what, here's what a I'll say. Play. <laughs> here's what I'll also say about it. that. Though. Go ahead. I, I mean. The fact that he was open enough to catch that lateral and in such good position is because he was kind of giving up on the play, too. Like, I'm not going to give too much credit to Kadarius Tony for that. I'm giving all of the credit to Travis Kelsey. Like, 90 oh, yeah. 80% of it to him, 20% to Mahomes for, for catching the pass, or throwing the pass, zero to Tony for the being in the right spot at the right Tony time. Tony just caught the lateral right. and ran fast. <laughs> yeah, which that's are the all only he things. did. He Literally always, all he did. He can almost always run fast. Sometimes he catches the ball when it is hurtled in his direction. This time happened to be one of those cases. He got a nice little head start, uh, obviously, yeah. at the beginning of this play. But yeah. no, what the, the, the problem is that the Chiefs view these things as like, well, if the referee had called the blatant pass interference on the Marquez Valdez-Scantling play in the Packer game, then we probably win. There's always like a little notion of, and sometimes it's fair, like it was a pass interference, but the Chiefs don't strike me as the team with the temperament or the metal this year to overcome those things. It's like they're using those things as the fuel as to why it's not going their way. And that is just not what we're used to seeing from this Kansas City Chiefs team in the Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes era. And I like my thought about how it could be galvanizing is it has to cause change within that locker room. Like they cannot continue to oh, woe is us the rest of the season, or they'll, or, you know, they'll go nine and eight or 10 and seven, and they'll be when, if, and when they make the playoffs, having a, a quick first round exit. But I also think this is happening with enough time to still be getting that wake up call. If you're the Kansas city Chiefs. So yeah. if I have to dive into it, it should have been, but that like, this was a big one. I obviously I picked that the bills would win this game. I, I thought it would be more of a back and forth. I would have loved to have seen the opportunity for Josh Allen with a minute on the clock to see what he would have done. I feel like, and like that, I, I feel that every Chiefs fan feels it, and I think that's what over was the overriding sense for Patrick Mahomes is like the NFL and football fans were robbed of a potentially great ending for it to end like this was disappointing. But like that's for you and me to talk about on the radio, Andy. It's not for Patrick Mahomes to say like this is what should have been. Kadarius Tony should have been, not, you know, on side, and it wouldn't have been taken away as a result. Yeah. And we would have seen Josh Allen potentially have a chance, and it would have maybe been an instant classic. Instead, we're talking about it for all the wrong reasons, and so are the Chiefs. And until they fix that mentality, I don't think they're going anywhere. But they do have a chance with a few games left on the schedule to find a way to shake this loose. Whatever's going on, they got to figure it out quick. I should issue a correction on myself. MVS dropped the pass at the end of the Eagles game, not the, right. the Packers it the, game. It was the DPI yeah, yeah, in the Packers right. game yeah, that he DPI, was in the end zone. Yeah, and got mugged, but but had a real chance to make the, the catch Eagles. in the Eagles oh, game yeah. for a game-winning touchdown. Yeah, so again, just little things that the Chiefs have have let go by the wayside. They be ten and three. You and you three. just give him that MVS least. catch, yep. which hit him right in the chest. Hit him right in the hands, and you give them the touchdown from last night. Now, of course, Josh Allen could go down, and as someone who took the over, I was hoping that all of that would would take place. Oh yeah, but yeah, you change those two things, and they probably are ten and three. Even with all of the stuff that's going on, it doesn't feel like the same Chiefs team that we've seen in years past. They're that close, but I think to be able to get over that hump, something's got to change within the team 
for them to stop looking at themselves as the victim of all of these circumstances and start making things happen for themselves and take a little bit of agency in what's going on. Well, should the expectations drop for this Chiefs team? We'll talk more about that at 5.05. Get your thoughts in by calling or texting us at 875-KTGR. So we'll keep talking about that. Up next, we'll also get to the game in Kansas. Mizzou falling short there. They were more competitive in the last couple of years, but how much should that really mean? We'll talk about that up next on The Big Show. You are listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Give us your Canarius Tony thoughts, but try to keep them clean, I suppose. 875-KTGR. You suppose? Call or text us. <laughs> yeah. You never tell so me So that we can, suppose. you know, protect the, light, protect the license the of the station button. and everything like that, you know, yeah. just uh, making sure that's the case. I will say, though, uh, during the break, I did watch um, uh, Dan Orlovsky, I believe, is on something like either NFL Live or one of their pregame shows that they're doing before Monday Night Football right now. Um, and, and he went through video of the fact that that was not the first time that Kadarius Tony had lined up offside in the game. What a shot. Like he had done it several other times. Now, uh, to that you might say, well, shouldn't the official flag him earlier or at least warn him earlier? I guess from the Chiefs' side, they got no warning about it. Uh, but the, the fact that, you know, I, I kind of wish now that he would have been flagged for one of those earlier because it happened in like the second play of the game too like his first yeah. snap on the field would have hoped that the official would have thrown the flag there so that we don't have a situation of at the very end of the game we're flagging him for the same thing but do we know for sure that like has Kadarius Tony spoken to where he's been asked that question yeah, because mean, it wouldn't surprise me and this is speculation so I'm not saying this is what happened but if that's going on throughout the game the official if at some point the official says hey man you're kind of you're kind of towing the line there and then Tony gives him that cursory check where he clearly is is blowing off the official and not paying any attention to the response of whether he's good. If I'm the official at that point, maybe I would just be like, look, I, I told him earlier in the game and he didn't do anything about it. That's what I don't know for sure, but I would like to hear from Tony on, on the subject. But bottom line is, like, even if it's one of those things, Andy, where customary to get the word from the official, get a warning to, to say, hey, can I back off where you are on the line? That's fine, but if you're Tony, you just can look at where the ball is and then look at where your feet are and know that it's not even close. If it was Andy Reid's one or two inches, that's one thing. It wasn't. Like, you can see the straight-down-the-line shot to know that it was at least 12 inches, and I'm going to say 18 to 24 inches. Yeah. Considering, like, again, it's not that he was in the neutral zone. He was all the way across the other side of the ball, all the way across the 49-yard line. I, You know, most Chiefs fans are in the right where they say, I'm I'm angry at Kadarius Tony. I'm mad that that took away this opportunity. There's been a few who I have encountered on social media that have gone nutso in the other direction on this. But I, I think most people just say, look, it was a penalty. It's unfortunate that it happened when it happened. The Chiefs have got to find a way to rebound from it. That is the bottom line moving forward from this. 875-KTGR, give us a call or a text here with your thoughts on the Kadarius Tony play. The one that's really doomed the Chiefs on their last drive, but a lot of other things went wrong in the game. Like, we didn't even talk about the fact that Jalen Watson hugged a dude for 10 yards and got called for illegal contact when the Chiefs were on defense, and it took away what would have been a third-down stop and forced a long field goal attempt by uh, the Bills, a longer attempt than they had 
to uh, to take the lead and then would have given the Chiefs a, a little more time. But I suppose like <laughs> Jalen Watson, I guess, is a little more off the hook for what Kadarius Tony did. People don't remember it, right? do they? I mean, yeah, he was definitely – that was just a dumb penalty at that oh, time boy. to do. But he hugged the guy. But, yeah, we're not talking about that. Something even dumber happened after that penalty that yeah. took away the attention, I suppose. Yeah. And and we'd be talking about the Bills' uh, terrible clock management at the end of the game, too, if the Chiefs had been able to, boy, to complete oh that. Like, throwing all the time. What like, the two doing? minutes left? Make them spend the timeouts. Run the ball, Come man. Come on. Oh, man. Well, we'll talk more about that at 5.05. Uh, should we lower expectations for the Chiefs for the rest of the season? But uh, let's talk some Mizzou hoops uh, this this border war matchup started with hope. Mizzou actually started out well. It was more competitive than they, than they had made it uh, in the last couple of matchups when it was it was over 15, 20 minutes into the ball game against Kansas. And then this time, that's generous. Mizzou, uh, well, yeah, exactly. And this time, the Chiefs or the the Tigers are able to roll with the punches for most of the first half, and then the wheels fell off. Uh, it's very clear that the end of the first half and then, honestly, bleeding into the start of the second half is the stretch that did Mizzou in because at in the other moments of the game, they hung. But you can't make mistakes in Lawrence. You, can't, you just cannot go through scoring droughts. You can't uh, make mental errors, things of that nature. And to be quite honest, it was a chance for Mizzou to to steal that game, because I don't know if Kansas played their best, but Mizzou very clearly did not either. No, I mean, Mizzou played well outside of the run that we have talked about. This team and Dennis Gates and anybody affiliated with the Tigers has to find a way to prevent or at least keep it from being so prolonged. In the Memphis game, it lasted like 22 minutes where they were just thoroughly dominated. And in this game, it only was about six minutes or so, but it was the six minutes to end a first half that had otherwise been really, really solid by Missouri. Like, there were things I didn't like seeing from that first half that told me they were about to be overwhelmed, potentially, but they were getting some shots to fall. They were scrappy on defense. They had good energy. Uh, They were playing a little undisciplined, like, offensively, it still did kind of look like, even when things were going well, it sort of looked to me like a pickup game where they it was almost like we're playing against the big boys and we don't belong on the floor here, so we just got to try to do crazy stuff and hope that it works. And that's not really sustainable for 40 minutes. And it all came to a head toward the end of the first half when Kansas went on that run. I think it was 20-2. to two. But outside of that run to end the, the first half over the final six minutes of that half, Missouri outscored Kansas by nine points. Like, they played a very solid game, a huge step forward from what we saw last year in Columbia. But it's really, I don't know, Andy, it's frustrating to know going in, like, hey, there's very little chance of success here. But then to see the opportunity and say, hey, as long as you just don't have that big run against you, you're in this thing. And for that that to come in the first half, we really didn't get to see what it would look like to play a close second half the whole way through. Like, Kansas always held them at arm's length, and that I I feel like we would have learned more even about Mizzou had it been a little bit closer in that second half. But the fact that they were, you know, they they didn't give in and completely wilt to where you lose this game by 20 or 30, which is what seemed at times was going to happen, 
I can feel good about that. But against this particular team, uh, the the good feelings are are very very minimal because I just wanted to see a win. And for I don't know thirteen fourteen minutes, they looked like they might have that in them. And to have the run at the end of the half that you you know is so difficult to avoid to stave off in this building uh, to see it was just I. Uh, it was really frustrating. I had I mean, to I had to walk out and get some fresh air. No, I bit. because you know it's happening, and the the fact that Mizzou had a real chance to go into that building and steal one, uh, it's going to sit in your stomach a little bit and, yeah. and think, well, what if they are able to hit a few shots here and there, and uh, and can find a way to make it a little bit closer or make Kansas sweat a little bit more in the final five minutes than they made them do. Now, look, they made. A little bit of a push, but it just they did. like the, yeah. But the the hill was too high, and you they just, were down eight, right? With a, a three ball that if that drops, now you're down five, and it's yeah. a, it's interesting, right? Once that doesn't go, and Kansas answers on the other end to push it back to ten, it was like okay, I, I think that was probably the the car getting to the top of the mountain and then running out of gas. But it just for me, it's that's not even what was disappointing. I credit Missouri for the most of what they did in the second half, but in those finals push of the first half it was the little things where you're playing out of control i think dennis gates needs to be more willing to use timeouts he calls one but i would have i would have been fine with him burning multiple timeouts because when the dam is breaking the timeouts are the only thing that you really have as a head coach at your disposal to try and slow your players down get them to breathe a little bit they just needed to calm down and play andy and they did in the second half they just calmed down and they played basketball but it was like they could feel it being taken away from them toward the end of the first half. And just like to foul on the three-point shot to end the half. Those kinds of things, they were doing that for like six minutes straight, and that's how you see a 20-2 to two run. I'm encouraged because we saw Mizzou go toe-to-toe with the number two team in the country for the majority of that game. But until they can kind of have that growth moment of, hey, when one or two mistakes happen, don't let it compound into four, five, or six mistakes – which is what occurred in the game. I, I feel like that's maybe the next step for this team. And in their defense, you don't expect to be without, you know, Caleb Grill for the first time having some veteran presence. He's going to be out for a while. And maybe his presence was missed, Andy, a little bit in terms of like just trying to, to be a calming presence and settle well, things down. That was maybe part of it, too. His rebounding was missed for sure. They were minus 17 on the rebounding margin. And yeah. that's going to be the biggest hurdle, I think, for Mizzou to have to, to hop with uh, Caleb Grill being out for as long as he is. Now, that said, I mean, we had talked about Mizzou. Well, can they build a rotation? Can they shorten it to something like, you know, nine guys going forward? That makes it a little bit easier over the next few months to maybe get one of those guys that you thought was the 10th being left yeah. out of that uh, equation, and then you get them a chance to see the floor a little bit more and develop, and that's what this should be about for, for I think, this team, for uh, several of the guys that are going to be trying to build the foundation going forward. But... Look, at the same time, you realize that you have a stretch now where you're playing two neutral site games against quality opponents, and you have ways to learn lessons from this game and apply them to what you've got coming up and and build your resume. Because, again, like it, put it in perspective, going in, did you expect Mizzou to, to get this win? Probably not. Yes, uh, I like, did. I uh, you the did. Uh, the fan in you did. Wait, what? The realist in you oh, saw yeah, that it was a, that it was an uphill yeah. battle. 
Uh, why? Yeah, he picked I, he picked Mizzou by like two points on 77, Friday. Seventy-seven, yeah. I think I said something yeah. like that. Jeez. Because um, why not believe, man? Why not have a little belief in these guys? They needed a little belief. I was trying sure. to inspire it, and they came out like when they were hitting shots, and like Aiden Shaw, man, when he's on the floor, he's noticeable. Like things are coming together. Where I'm, there are guys that excite me on this team. I, we talked a lot, Andy, last week about hey, if Mizzou was going to do the unthinkable, what would have to happen? Well, Sean East would have to do more than 26 minutes and two points that he had last year in this game. Sean East came out like gangbusters, man. He had some moments where he turned the ball over and was playing out of his body a little bit. Uh, that His style is erratic. It often works to his favor. Occasionally it doesn't. But on the whole, Sean East was fantastic in this game. He gave the Tigers a scoring jolt, 21 points, six assists. Like He played pretty much to the level that would have been required of him for Missouri to have a chance in this thing. Didn't get enough, I think, around the board. And again, everybody as a group melted down for five or six minutes to end the half. And that from there, it was just kind of uh, really tough to climb your way back into it. But there's there are things we saw, Andy, that I'm not... Like, they covered the spread. That doesn't mean anything, but they, they, I guess it means they exceeded whatever the I mean, they, public expectations were. They rose in were. the net rankings from it, so, I mean, there is that. Absolutely. So, like, it sucks because... Again, when we had the conversation last week, I say, I said it's easy. I'd rather beat Kansas than see the football team beat Ohio State, even knowing how big of a deal it is for the football team to be in the Cotton Bowl, to be against Ohio State, all of those things. I just hate Kansas that much. I was totally open with saying that. Most Mizzou fans maybe yeah. didn't agree with us, Andy, but we were on the same side with that. Yeah. And as a result, it's still hard to feel good about that game. But did they play in such a way that makes me think they're going to get smoked by Illinois and Seton Hall? No, I think they'll go in and have a shot at both of those games. And if they win them, then we're really talking about a team that I think used its non-con well. But you gotta you got to go out there and win these tough coin flip games that are going to be coming up. 875-KTGR, give us your thoughts on the Mizzou-KU game from the weekend, uh, and we'll get to uh, some more thoughts on Mizzou at 525, 875-5847 to join the show here. Picks recap next. I'm mad at Kadarius Tony for another reason. <laughs> because oh, of what no. happened during the picks. That's uh, next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Getting under the bus here in a bit in the sweetest thing in sports. Here on the Big Show with Andy Brendan and producer Chris. But we got to get to our picks of the week first. Yo, there's a lot of reason to be upset uh, with Kadarius Tony. I mean, the Chiefs right now, they could be uh, still in the hunt for the one seed. Now they're just two games back. Now you're looking below you and, and saying that, uh, wow, the Broncos are only a game back. It's very tough for the Chiefs. But I think the most egregious thing that it did as far as standings was that it kept me from a 5-0 and week in the picks of the week. The Chiefs losing that game. <laughs> Come on. Nice. Would have been my second. That. Would have been my second 5-0 and week of the season. But no, Kadarius Tony, uh, he just decided to lollygag and be all, you know, three feet ahead of the ball or something like that. Whatever. Decide to suck. Yeah, come on. I can't believe none of you picked the Cowboys. Yeah, that's. The Cowboys Eagles. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, that was, that I'm mostly was surprised at you, Brendan. That was, I know. like your wheelhouse for like. That's been my wheelhouse. The last month. It, it was ultimately my wheelhouse in a jurisdiction of legality over the weekend. But the number, it took me a full weekend to like come to terms with. Hey, am I really going to do this? Because the number was kind of freaking me out. The fact that the yeah. Cowboys were favored it, by it that amount. Me out too. But did. ultimately, yeah, the Cowboys was a was, it was a nice call. 
I did I need the Bills to avoid a winless week? Like I think that was my only win so far. That is week. your only win so far. You do have one tonight. You have Packers minus six and a half. But uh I don't like yeah, that. Right I'm now, wearing my Packers shirt, but right I don't Right now trust you're that one pick. and three. Chris went yep. three and two and and I went four and one. But I got, yeah, I, it could have been so much better. I gotta ask. Could have been. Did you put on Army Navy for me? What do you mean? On the did you put Army Navy on the pick sheet for me? Well, I just I did it because it's it's, it's the only game. college football game on. Yeah, yeah why uh, not? Usually, yeah, we always put it on. College. It's so nice. We'll have bowl games on there. Too. I knew none of you guys yeah, would yeah, pick that it, sickos game. Weekend? So you gave me a nice little free one. I'm touched. Well, uh, get ready for uh, for the Myrtle Beach Bowl this weekend. Oh. I fully expect you to have your take on that. You and bet by I will. The way, in that Army Navy game that ended on a safety, some people might have bet the total seven and a half. Oh yeah, finished at twenty eight. Holy smokes, was that a dramatic way to finish? That was something. It's time to go under the bus on the big show. Well, look, the main thing that we found out, I think, from this Kadarius Tony play with him being lined up offside is that the Chiefs lack accountability just across the board. And that falls on the head coach. Andy Reid, I think, deserves most of the blame here, not only for coaching a team where it's it's common stance to have your wide receivers line up in the wrong spot. And looking back at the film, that was not the only time that Kadarius Tony had lined up offside. It was the only time that it was called. But for Andy Reid to then just go ahead and blast the officials for that sort of thing without recognizing it yourself, when you look through practice the whole time, your assistants look through practice the whole time, and you don't see that as a potential issue? Come on, man. Man. Like, Andy's seriously. Hey, you could be eleven and two right now if little things were cleaned up within your football team, Andy Reid. You don't want to know how I feel. Uh, well, yeah, no, I, I, I do know how you feel, but uh, I think you're right. Under the I think you're bus. mostly correct, and about you're this. right too, Brendan. They need better receivers, but like, and, and they needed to get at least one stud. But you still have to staff the room with most of the guys you already have, and they still have to play snaps. They're not doing the right thing. No, they're not getting the most out of the talent that they do have by being fixated on the details of the game. If you're fixated on the details and you don't let those little things pass you by, they have multiple more wins on the season at this point. I, I don't think there's any question. Well, uh, <laughs> there, there was a very uh, on-point metaphor that happened after the game, too. Wow. Patrick Mahomes was blasting the officials, and Andy Reid was blasting the officials. And I believe during Chris Jones's portion of the press conference last night after the game, a ceiling tile fell from the roof, the, oh the ceiling of the, the press room. And and that prompted Chris Jones to go ahead and end his press conference He's there. Like, yeah, I'm done. Things are falling. The sky is literally falling for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, boy. In the press room. It's a little too on the nose. <laughs> yeah, it seemed that way. Under the bus. Feels like 2009 for some reason. Can't put my finger on it. Oh, come on. You have a much better quarterback than you did back then. Uh, and under the bus also to show the Shohei Otani Toronto reporting that sort of oh, no. spiraled so out of control. Bad. That was so like sick. like Friday night into Saturday. Who's there, his agent? I got to give him a high say, five. Did the agent concoct all of that? I've seen some conspiracy theories flying around where the Shark Tank guy is represented by the same agency. And the Shark Tank guy was who was actually on that plane to Toronto. And so it's possible that the false information was leaked by the agent to Morosi, who gleefully tweeted it out as, oh, Shohei's on the way to Toronto, and he wasn't. And I don't know how many more million dollars that made Shohei Otani, but I bet it was a decent jump. 
it certainly made an impact. And the fact that we were all kind of that, that the the baseball reporters, particularly John Morosi, uh, fell for that. Well, under the bus, kind of the state of affairs that we're in. Yeah, not great. Although, did you guys see this? This is just from a few minutes ago from the Athletic that Otani is deferring up to like six hundred and eighty million of his seven hundred million dollar contract. So that for the Dodgers later in can, the season, for later in his life, for later in his life, like he's going to be getting ten million a year from the Dodgers yeah. until he like the Bobby Bonilla deal. Pretty, it's kind of like that. Except for now, what what does it allow the Dodgers to do to just spend, spend, oh spend yeah, yep, into oblivion? So kind of a an interesting take on that. Very interesting, and uh, we'll see if that uh, if that helps the Dodgers get even. They're further gonna, up the they better the win bus. a World Series <laughs> during this. Contract. I've seen this story before, though. I will say that. <laughs> It's time for the sweetest thing in sports on the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. This is the perfect time of year to go and get those tasty treats at the Candy Factory and gift them to your coworkers this holiday season because they deserve it for all the work they put in this year. So go and do that at the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. AP All-American list released today for college football. Cody Schrader is a first-team All-American. How about that? Luther Burden and Chris Abrams-Drain, both second-team All-Americans. Javon Foster, third-team All-American. Great representation on that list, and uh, all four of those guys well-deserving from Mizzou. All well-deserving. I I thought Luther Burden could have arguably been given first-team honors, but whatever. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see all of them getting national recognition and Cody Schrader is the one that if he wasn't on the first team, I would have probably rioted. So I mean, it's it's good to see him getting that that just uh, just recognition. It kind of depends on the the publication sometimes. Like if they only allow one running back as uh, uh, to be on the first team, then you could maybe take your pick between him and Ollie Gordon, and then I... ones back and forth. But I believe they were both first-team All-Americans because they can allow for two spots. They, and those, were, they are very clearly the top two running backs in the country. It, the wide receivers were Malik Neighbors, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Rome Adunze, which, like, you can't argue with any no, of those, yeah, but that's good. I don't know. Luther Burden, I thought, was was in that class. But, hey, yeah, good to see all four of those guys getting, like I said, national recognition. That's what Mizzou's program deserves, and it's what they're getting. Absolutely. Even more awards coming in for uh, for Mizzou footballers. We'll talk some more Mizzou football at 525 and what could be coming in for next year. But more talk on the Chiefs at 505. How low should expectations drop at this point for the 8-5 and five Kansas City Chiefs? That's next on The Big Show.